Greetings, friends of Essential Aromatica. This episode is another spotlight on aromatherapy. This time, my special guest is Robin Kessler, known by many as the Queen of Frankincense. Robin is a compassionate and skilled clinical aromatherapist with a deep passion for helping patients in hospice care. With years of experience in the field, Robin has worked with frankincense resin and essential oils, which are powerful and revered for their known therapeutic properties. As a clinical aromatherapist, Robin brings a holistic approach to patient care, utilizing the healing properties of essential oils, including these resins to support physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Her profound understanding of the unique needs of hospice patients enables her to create customized aromatherapy plans that address the specific symptoms and challenges they may be facing. In addition to her clinical work, she provides consulting services, sharing a wealth of knowledge and expertise with fellow healthcare practitioners and caregivers. She is dedicating to, excuse me, dedicated to educating others on the safe and effective use and application of aromatherapy in hospice care, empowering them to provide optimal care for their patients. As an entrepreneur, Robin handcrafts and sells her own products using the finest quality frankincense resin, ensuring that patients, clients, and customers receive the best possible therapeutic benefits. Her passion for creating these specialized products shines through in every blend, and you'll hear this in the episode, making them truly unique and effective. Robin wrote a book on the resins, so everyone has a deep understanding of them. Find more about Robin, her book, her offerings, her practice. It's all there at robinsresinsplus.com and also her consulting website, rbkaromatherapy.com. That's all in the show notes. And also check her out on Facebook for both her uh, Robin's Resins Plus and her consulting RBK. So without further ado, I introduce you to uh, the Queen of Frankincense, uh, spending time with Essential Aromatica. Enjoy. Uh, Robin Kessler, thank you for joining me on NYC Aromatica's uh, podcast, Essential Aromatica. So I always like to have a general intro icebreaker, and I don't want to get everyone down about talking about COVID, but I'm glad you're back. We were due, due to have this conversation right before the, the holidays, and then you got sick. So yeah. I'm glad you're doing well. Thank you. Um, so we, uh, I just want to share that I remember like kind of, we are in the aromatherapy community together and I know I've seen you around over the years on like Facebook and stuff like that. So it's been nice to connect with you through the Alliance of International Aromatherapists. And I want to give you a congratulations um, on you are now a board member of another organization, right? Yes, the International Federation of Professional Aromatherapists. They call it IFPA for mm -hmm. short. Yeah, so huge congratulations to you for Thank our you. listeners that might not know about IFPA. I, I think you should because it's one of like the foundational aromatherapy organizations based in the United Kingdom, if I'm not right. uh, mistaken. Yeah, so uh, I know, Robin, you're a big proponent. Let's get right into, you're called the frankincense queen. But before we get into that, because that will be a big part of the conversation, um, getting to know you, I got to learn that you are involved in hospice care and you work specifically with frankincense or the Boswellia species. Before we get into aromatherapy, would you mind sharing with the audience what brought you to hospice work after a full career? And I think it was accounting, right? I, yeah, I started off in accounting, then I was in a major car accident, and unfortunately, I couldn't do that anymore, so I actually went into IT, so working on a computer, working with Microsoft, testing their uh, their applications, their uh, all, everything, their, their platforms, and I also worked with antivirus companies testing that. Wow. So I always did, basically, I was 
fixing computers at that point. I had clients where I was working on their computers remotely, keeping it clean and up to date. After a while, the problem with it is that you're constantly looking at a screen. So my eyes started to hurt and I went to the eye doctor and he said, you can't put this much stress on your eyes. You need to do it less. Mm -hmm. And I, at that point I developed, I had gotten very, very sick and, uh, I wanted that I'm on blood thinners. So I wanted the ability to be able to have something alternative to use and uh, not for pain and not be doped up on painkillers. And I had a friend who was into essential oils and she uh, gave me something to put on my neck, but she didn't tell me that this particular essential oil had aspirin in it. And I found that by using it, it was wonderful. It was wintergreen. It was wonderful, but it was messing up all my levels. Wow. Since that was the only thing different I was doing, I knew I had to research this more. And that's basically how I got into essential oils. But when I was younger, when my kids were younger and I wasn't working full time, I would volunteer in nursing homes. I always had a feeling to work with those who really needed it. And I also worked in a local hospital in their intensive care pediatric ward. Mm -hmm. So I got a good knowledge of what the medical side was because I had to do certain training to be able to do this. When I decided to switch careers to aromatherapy in the Northeast, as you know yourself, it's very hard to become an ar- just an aromatherapist to hang a shingle up and say, I'm an aromatherapist. Yes. If you're a massage therapist, it works. If you're a chiropractor, it mm-hmm. works. If you're an ac- acupuncturist, you have yep. another field to bring it into. Yeah. I didn't have that. So I was at the time, I was volunteering with a hospice organization Mm -hmm. and they were looking for an aromatherapist Uh. and they knew that I do this and they said, you know, we have to interview everybody. And so not only are we going to interview you, because we know that you've been helping us by volunteering, but we have to interview everybody else. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody they interviewed were not certified. Uh. <laughs> and the uh, second problem was when I told they were using a multi-level marketing company. And unfortunately, the person that was telling them what to do was giving them wrong advice. And when I told them, no, you can't use this. No, you can't use this. They had a rude awakening. And I said, you know, you could be liable. If God forbid a patient gets sick, they're not going to go to the company. They're going to go to you. So the company that sells the essential oils. Yeah. At that point, they said, you're right. Guess what? You're now our aromatherapist consultant. And I've been doing it with them for about five years. In fact, I have two patients that I am getting ready after we do this to work on for them. And uh, I've been using aromatherapy, but the problem you run into is a lot of these patients are on oxygen. Mm. And there's a lot of uh, essential oils you can't use with those on oxygen. So now I had a dilemma. What do I do? Hydrosols mm. are very nice, but they're yeah. not strong enough in certain circumstances. And for pain to put on the skin, if you make a body butter or something with an essential oil, you can only use it a short time. And you're not a fly on the wall. You don't know where they're what? keeping it, what they're doing with it. So that was a problem also. So I decided I need something else. 
And yeah. I decide, I always like frankincense. And I got a rude awakening because when I started to research and when I got together with others that lived and breathed frankincense, I realized, wait a minute, I need to learn a lot about using the resin. And mm. so I started a Facebook group in frankincense and I brought in a lot of the experts and I became to, I started to learn more than what I knew before. The rest is history. Mm. I can use it. I wrote a book yep. and on frankincense and how to use it. And also uh, I now use it in hospice for, I use the essential oil of frankincense. I use the hydrosol of frankincense because I also distill and I work with many distillers who uh, who do frankincense, who distill frankincense. And there were 18 species of frankincense, uh, 48 species of basuela. So, uh, so you have to learn them all because the problem is one of the main problems with getting certified is you don't learn enough about the plant. Yeah, you but learn can, about the essential oil. I have a question for you. Just um, you brought up something really interesting. I'd like to clarify for myself and listeners. I think you told this shared with me before, but why can't folks that are on oxygen work with essential oils? Because uh, certain essential oils have flash points. Ah, okay. Yep. So <laughs> you don't want to blow up the nursing home. Correct. Yeah, I patient. just. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it might seem obvious, but it's like, it's really interesting to think of these things because maybe someone has an elderly person at home and they're working with essential oils and there's an oxygen tank, you know, so it's good That's to share problem. this information. Yeah. That was one of the problems that they were doing was that they were using the essential oil right next to the oxygen tank. And I said, you've been very lucky that uh, you haven't sparked or exploded something. Yeah. So you never know if there could be some kind of ignition or some heat source. Or, yeah. And okay. That's it's, why they it... tell you not to put essential oils in the dryer. Mm -hmm. so, oh, God. Uh, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm just kind of laughing. Um, but I just want to bring up, this is a good point. Like you said, you got this, this job profession because you're certified and you help educate others. So it's really great to have you here with me to share that education. Cause I'm, I'm looking forward to learning from you. So, um, we're getting into the many, many, many different species of frankincense. And many people just think Frank is Frank, right? Frankincense. And I know one of our talking points is about knowing the Latin binomials. So where I just cut you off, I'd like to go back to sharing how, yes, in aromatherapy, many people just see a picture, think of the oil, don't even think of the plant it's from. Perfect. So take it away, Robin. All right. <laughs> there, there are eight. Well, they, they keep growing, believe it or not, because they keep finding new species. But as of now, <laughs> there are 18 species of frankincense. Frankincense is the common name. Mm -hmm. It's it's not the real name of the, just like all plants have a Latin name, so does frankincense. Mm -hmm. So the, the uh, frankincense has their, Latin name is Boswellia, B-O-S-W-E-L-L-I-A. That's, and in, in front, in past it, the second word is the name of the species. So you have Boswellia catari, Boswellia feriana, Boswellia neglecta, all the different species, because otherwise, if you say frankincense, how the heck do you know which one it is? And each one has different therapeutic properties to it. And can yeah. I just in include in that too? It's like, it has different chemistry because of where it's growing. Like, Correct. I'm just saying this for our listeners, right? It's like the plant oh, yeah. expresses itself through where it lives. Correct. So climate, right, it's... climate and soil make a big mm -hmm. difference. Katari yeah. and Sacra 
are the exact same tree. If you look at the tree, they're identical. The thing is that sacra grows in Oman. They have very high monsoon weather. So certain times of the year, it's raining considerably. Mm -hmm. And when it dries, it, it, it's amazing how green it is there. Then you go into other months and it's a desert. So there are different climates. Uh, Qatari grows in Somalia and Somaliland. And there, they don't have monsoon weather. It's mostly mm -hmm. a desert. So their resin is a total different color than the resin that comes from Oman. Now, Qatari, which most aromatherapists know because they use Qatari essential oil, is wonderful for any type of skin problem, mm. where Sacra is good for any type of pain. They both are grounding. They are both balancing. They are, they basically have the same uh, chemical makeup of alpha pinanine and limonene in it, but the percentages are different. Uh, Qatari can, the, the alpha pinanine in Qatari can go anywhere from 30 to about 40% the, as the main component. Sacra can go anywhere from 50 to 75%. So because of climate mm -hmm. and soil. So yeah. that's the different and be they use totally differently. Same plant, different countries. So and there's all different uh Baswellia trees. There are there's neglecta, which grows in Ethiopia, and there and they also grow in Kenya. And uh, they're same tree, but same components, but it's a little different. The look of it is a little different. Used the exact same way because I have had both. And one of them smells a little different than the other. Because again, you have wherever it, it works like lavender. The lavender yeah. in France smells like the smell different than the lavender in the United States. Exactly. So yeah. you have the same thing. And yeah, I'm smelling a, a frankincense, the Serata right now. It's, yeah, it's fun. Serata uh, is a very interesting species altogether. Serata grows in India. Mm -hmm. Serata happens to be, especially with the essential oil, happens to be the cheapest out of mm -hmm. all resin. Yeah, to totally different climate. Yes, right. totally different climate, abundance of trees in that country. Wherever you walk, there is a Serata tree, but it has a stigma. It has a problem. Those on, and it goes for the resin or the essential oil, mm -hmm. those that are on blood thinners and those that are on heart medicine should not be using the essential oil or the resin. The reason is it has an ingredient in it called estrogel. And this ingredient mixes, and you can read it in Robert Tisserin's book, this ingredient actually mixes with the platelets in the blood. And it actually thins the blood. So if you're on blood thinners, it, it could actually, and you use this resin or essential oil, it actually can make the blood thinner. Then you mm. run into a problem. I found it out for myself because it's an excellent uh, resin. It mimics nascents. So it's like having a cortisone treatment without using cortisone. Wow. And, uh, it is excellent for any type of arthritic pain, as long as you're not on blood thinners or heart medicine. As I said, I found it out myself because I was using it for my knees. And I found that my all of a sudden my INR levels were going up. And I wasn't using anything else but this. I wasn't eating anything different. I wasn't doing anything different. And it was actually brought to our attention in the frankincense group. We wow. had a few members that one of them 
who is also lives and breeds resins. <laughs> he took his mother to the uh, heart doctor and the heart doctor said, don't use this resin because he said it's actually in the medical books. Wow. So at this point, I said, I need to research this. I want to understand what chemical is causing mm -hmm. this problem. So I went to Hubert McHugh, who is the one of the lab lab uh, scientists, essential oil lab scientists at Pfizer Chemical Lab in Canada. And I said to him, can you tell me what chemical is causing this? We didn't know at that time. Wow. So he said, you know what? I'm going to take the essential oil and I'm going to look at the GC reports. And when he looked at the GC reports, bingo, there is 2% of this estrogel in the GC report. And he said 2% could be very well enough to cause a problem. We put it out in the group to see who else could have been having this problem. And we found someone who was an aromatherapist who said that her son, it was affecting him and he's a hemophiliac. And it was causing his blood to go rampant. Okay. So at that point, we I put it in my book and I have it on my website that it is very important. This is one of the reasons you need to learn about, because it's in the resin and it's in the essential oil. So you need, if you're only using the resin, you need to know this, Yeah, which is very important. Yeah, and I want to point something out too, because I think there's the naysayers of aromatherapy, right? They're like, oh, it's woo-woo stuff, but it, it is real medicine. And I know we're going to get into one important thing. Why don't we get go there now about solubility? Because what's in the resin might also be in the essential oil, might not be in the hydrosol. So I want to get into that. But just I want to backpedal that 2% of estragol is significant. So if you're using like diffusing every day, um, excuse me, Boswellia serrata, watch out because you're inhaling that stuff. So that 2% right. might not it's seem like in. a lot, but it's it's significant. Especially if you're using it every day, it's multiplying. It's like any other prescription drug. It stays in your body and it yep. keeps multiplying every day you use it. Well, yeah. guess what? This works the same way. So, yeah, and also it's like because um, our liver has to process this stuff. It's not right. like I always like to say this to people. I do a lot of general educational workshops to people that don't really know what essential oils are. And I like to say it's not like you're sniffing. It's not like unicorns, like scent <laughs> molecules are real. Yes. Just because you can smell it, like it doesn't mean it's not going into the body. And of course, Correct. We're also talking about topical application, but just quote through but if smell. If you, if, even if you actually, if you take serrata and you burn it, you're going to have the same problem. Exactly. Yeah, you, you did bring that up. But it's like, it's important for us as aromatherapists to continue to share with people that you're breathing this stuff in. Correct. <laughs> like it's going into your body. And a lot of people are like, oh, I didn't think about that. So That's I right. think we'll, we'll keep... We won't shut up about this, right, Robin? So, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, on that note, let's talk about that because you said while well, burning the resin, yes, you're going to get these components in there. So let's uh, geek out a little bit about how you work with frankincense resin through making your own topical oils. That's through like um, herbal macerations, I'll call it, tinctures. Like, I'd love to hear more about your experiences and your knowledge. Share, please, about the different ways to work with not it's, only resins, but plants. Well, being an aromatherapist helps because you learn how to, win, how to put essential oil in a carrier oil. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? You could do the same thing with a resin. Mm -hmm. It's just a little bit more complicated. Where in in a where you put a couple of drops in a carrier oil and you put it on your body, this works a little differently because you have to pull all the chemicals out of the resin, and you can't do it within one day. Yeah. It takes about sixty days to pull all the resin out. The longer it sits in there, the better, the stronger it gets. Then you strain it. 
So you basic, the rule of thumb is to take one ounce of resin and put it into eight ounces of carrier oil. And it doesn't matter what carrier oil you use. The only thing I recommend not to use is heavy duty olive oil. You know, mm. the very thick, you can use the light cold pressed, but not the heavy because it's going to take too long for it to pull or, you know, the heavier the carrier oil, the heavier it takes to pull the uh, components out. So a, a, who, when you're working with your patients, uh, do you have a preferred oil? You know, because I... No, it depends work... on each person. person. It depends Good. on what, what I do for hospice. Number one, whether I'm using essential oils or whether I'm using resin, topical, is I must know what medications they're on. Mm -hmm. Because as you know, certain essential oils mix with prescription drugs. Well, you got the same problem, but less with resin, because the only one you really have to deal with is basically serrata. That's mm -hmm. the only one that's really a problem. Most people are not allergic to frankincense trees because we don't have them here. So there's usually not an allergy to it. I do tell people who normally use it, do a patch test anyway, just to make sure. And I will do a patch test with those that I use topically for uh, hospice anyway. But uh, so you know, you run in, you run into that problem. So with infusing it, you infuse it, you herbal infuse it for 60 days, and then you strain it. We don't throw out anything. The residue that's left at the bottom, you strain out and you can't use a coffee filter because you'll be here till next year <laughs> straining it because yeah. it's too thick. It's too thick. It becomes very thick. There's no way you can do it in a coffee filter. <coughs> Excuse me. So you I use a coffee press because mm -hmm. I find that works better. Yeah, like the, the French have, press? Yeah. They're really cheap. Amazon sells them for like 20 bucks. So, uh, and that's what I use because when you press it down, it, takes out all the little imperfections that might be in the resin. You might have little pieces of bark inside mm -hmm. the pieces of resin. So you want to pull that out, but you don't throw anything away. You can take it and you can put it in a sugar scrub, in a body scrub. Yeah. You can take it and you can put it in soap mm -hmm. and use it as an exfoliant. So I have soap, I make soap and I put it into my shower. And when I got an ache and pain somewhere, I just massage it on and boom, ache and pain is gone. So we use everything. We don't throw out anything. And if you can't use it, because some resins like Neglecta, you really don't want to use the byproduct because it's like mush. Then you use it as compost in your plants in the house, or you can use it outside and throw it in your garden. Makes yeah. great fertilizer. So That's, what, whenever I distill your distiller to my, my, uh, the spent material or the mark, I always put in the compost. So it goes like from my garden back into the garden, which always just right. feels really nice. So yeah, thanks for sharing. Frankincense, you could do that too. The leftover. Yeah. But I just want to give this as a plug for you. Of course, I'm going to have all your information shared in the show notes um, and give you a chance later to to talk about your website and stuff. But don't forget, she has a book, uh, a website. So Robin has a lot of information. You could go to her as a resource and buy her book. <laughs> the book is excellent because I made it for beginners. Even if you're a clinical aromatherapist, if you've never used resin before, you're a beginner. Mm -hmm. So I made it step-by-step step easy for everybody to understand. I did not want an encyclopedia that you could go online and look up. Everything is in color because <laughs> resin comes different colors. Yeah. So if you do it in black and white, what's the point? <laughs> Each section has what the resin is, 
how you can use it, the chemical makeup of the resin, each one. Then in the back of the book are recipes. So how to infuse it, how to cook with it, because you can't, resin is, certain resins are edible. And uh, how to cook with it, how to use it in a capsule, mm. and everything else you can do with it. After I finish the book, I make what's called Barianna chocolate chip cookies. That's oh. what Barianna chocolate chip cookies. Wow. It's to die for. The But I did it after I wrote the book. So what I asked everybody is, do you want me to write another book on just recipes or do you want an ebook or do you want a PDF? Mm. Well, the consensus was a PDF because they said in a PDF, we could print out the recipes that we want, yeah. leave everything else in the book, or we can put it on my phone. And if I want to bring it up, I could do that. So I now have, well, I had it for a while, but I made the companion PDF, which has all the recipes in the book, plus about 40 more. So I have it on my website. You can get them both together and you have the best of both worlds. <clears throat> but I, I advise people, if you want to go learn about resin, get the book. Yeah. It's not expensive. I made sure that I didn't give it to you like for hundreds of dollars. It's $24.99, and I made it, it's like a walking, easy encyclopedia. I know people that refer back to it constantly because you can't remember everything. No, correct. It's, it's always great to have a resource. And I just want to share, I'm excited to connect with you because I've learned from many great teachers and continuing to learn from people like such as you. And I loved learning from herbalist teachers that if you could know 10 plants really well, that's what you should do. Don't try to learn the like 300. So, you know, I didn't, this is not in the discussion guide, but I just want to uh, get your opinion on this. Like, if you frankincense can help people with so many things and there's all these different species to get to know. So it's like, not like you have to go and buy all this stuff. You can probably work exclusively with frankincense for so many different concerns. Depends. And that depends. That depends. Exactly. It, it, please because do share one, about that. Okay. Each one does something different. As mm -hmm. I said, Katari can be used for any type of skin condition, eczema, dermatitis, softening the skin, tightening the skin. And it's being used, and especially I'd like to eventually get into boswellic acid because it's very important. But uh, the boswell, there's boswellic acid in about seven or eight of the resins. And uh, boswellic acid is very anti-flammable. And not flammable. Anti-inflammation. Uh, anti Infl yeah, anti-inflammatory. And just, I mean, oh, you're bringing up a really hot topic that right. I think you'll touch on about boswellic acids. Right. That comes out in the... Right. I would like to get that separate because there's okay. certain aspects of it. Okay. But... So Katari is for skin. skin. So that's what you should be using it for. Uh, it's used also, as I said, they are working on experiments. There's no long-term studies yet on using it for certain cancers, especially mm -hmm. skin cancer. Okay. That's basically what it's been used for. Uh, Sacra, it's cousin, if you want to call it, or brother or sister, yeah. is mostly for pain. Uh, inflammation of the joints and the muscles. It's uh, great for arthritis. That's basically what that one is used for. Mm -hmm. Then there is others. There's Basuela papharia. Mm. Papharia, it has what's called Octical acetate in it. It's it's got it's the only one that is different 
than all the rest in chemical makeup. I have that one here. I'm smelling with you. But it can create dreams. You could get good dreams or bad dreams. It's very calming. And what I found, and I found it out because I experiment on myself and my husband constantly. (laughs) I have essential tremors. And I found that by using, making it into an infusion and massaging it on my hands, it stops the tremors. It's excellent for the central nervous system. It's very good for fibromyalgia. We're using it with patients with Parkinson's disease. I was just going to ask you that. First and second stage only. I'm working with my internist. She's using it on her patients that have Parkinson's disease. We found that it works on those that are first and second stage. Higher, it doesn't work. With those that have essential tremors, it's it works in most cases. Some cases it doesn't. But my acupuncturist is using it for her people who have essential tremors and also uh, restless nerve syndrome in the legs. Uh-huh. It works for that too. We found it works better in the essential oil because the not the essential oil, the resin, because papharia in the essential oil, it does it, it's very expensive. And the reason it's very expensive, it has a very low yield of essential oil. When I distill it, I hardly get anything out of it. And so it's better to make an infusion out of it and use it that way or burn it. Even when we have... uh, Burning is very similar to, uh, what's the word? The, uh, the infusers that you use. Yes, diffusing. Or the essential oil. It's very similar. There's no difference except that you're using fire for one, non-fire for the other. But you're getting the same effect. It's going into your, you're inhaling it. And it's going into your brain the same way. So it doesn't matter if you use an infuser with essential oil or you, you, or you burn it. Same concept. Mm-hmm. So even if you burn, and where they use papharia the most is in the churches. Papharia is not that expensive either than sacra. And it gives them a feeling when they swing that pendulum it gives them a feeling of being closer to God and closer to Jesus. Yeah. So I, you just brought up something. Um, if I could just piggyback on that, I just got this new book today, the Atlas of Perfumed Botany and in the frankincense section and myrrh. Um, I just want to share that the writer, the author said that frankincense uh, is symbol, excuse me, symbolizes the connection to the world beyond. Mm-hmm. especially papharia it, yeah. <laughs> mostly papharia i have to say that just <laughs> smelling it it's sweet it's like you said it's so different than it's the other really terpenic this one has more the resin has more of a lemony type smell like a lemon i would say a lemony musky type smell it's mm-hmm. got a beautiful smell and yeah. if you're really looking to meditate, this is the one to use. Definitely. I would use Pepharia for that. Good, good to share. Like I, this is such a treat. I, I only smell my essential oil. I never actually work with it any other way. I just smell it from the just bottle. Be the with papharia because it also, <laughs> it works like LSD. <laughs> That's how I compare it. I compare it to LSD. That's interesting. Yeah, it's that kind of, of, not that I've ever done LSD. No, me neither, but it's just like you noted, the dreams, like for dreaming, like central nervous system. Yeah, correct. It's a great uh, resin to get. Basuela Neglecta. Mm -hmm. Basuela Neglecta is 
the best one for anxiety and stress. You make an infusion of it. You put a drop inside your elbows and then you tent and smell it. Besides the fact that you'll sleep beautifully, it's excellent for sleep. It will calm you down, actually calm you down. Uh, I use it a lot in mm -hmm. hospice and I use it a lot by itself in the infusion okay. and I use it in a lotion that I make. So okay. I mix it in that. The other thing that we found that it's excellent for, it's excellent for COPD, um, for bronchitis, for lung cancer. I use it a lot on my lung cancer patients. It's massaged on the where the lungs are. And mm. what it does is it opens up the lungs so they're not so tight. So the, the secretions can go and flow freely. Uh, My sister-in-law has very bad COPD. She walks around, she used to walk around with the, with the oxygen mm -hmm. because she lived in Colorado and she couldn't handle the altitude. And she moved oh. to Oregon to get away from the altitude. But her children are in Colorado. Mm -hmm. So now she has a dilemma. How does she go see them without taking the oxygen with her? I oh. said, you know what? The next time you come here, let's try neglecta. See what happens. Worse that'll happen is nothing. Yeah. Went home with a bottle. And I said, I want you to use it twice a day. Mm. See what happens. <clears throat> Took about a week. She no longer now uses, <coughs> excuse me. She no longer uses the oxygen. She oh, that is on the neglector. That's such a gift. And just for my clarity, and um, this is the <laughs> the oil maceration, right? Not even the essential oil put into a carrier. It's no, the infused this the, oil. This is the infused oil. That is just gorgeous. What I mean, and, life changing. And I, and I have people that will burn it. And they use it for their lung cancer. Yeah. So it opens because it's going down into. your throat into your chest. They'll put it on them and then they will burn it. And it gives the same feeling. And it yeah, opens is... up the lungs so that they're not oh, oh, yeah. all day. <clears throat> that is just stupendous. And um, I'm just taken back to when I was studying herbalism with Jim McDonald. Um, as he shared, and many herbalists will, like the smoke is an excellent delivery of medicine if it's appropriate. It's an excellent delivery. And this is coming from a former cigarette smoker. I used to smoke cigarettes <laughs> when I was a stupid, fatalistic uh, young person. But yeah, I just thanks for sharing this. This is such a, a gift. Um, so, the, the, I mean, I could go on and on. There's lots of other ways. Well, this is why people need to go take classes with you and buy your right. book, right? right? This is why you need to buy my book and take my classes. Yeah. But uh, there are so many different things that you could do with the resins. Uh, I have people that take it in capsules. Yeah. They, they powder it down. And getting into the buswellic acid part. Yeah. You, the air, when it's distilled for essential oil, you get the essential oil and you get the hydrosol. Yeah. What's left over at the bottom of the still is either called the aftermass or the afterboil, depending on which way you want to call it. <clears throat> when it's dried, it gets hot as a rock. Most companies throw it away because they don't know what to do with it. I researched it because I said, wait a minute. I know the buswellic acid doesn't go into the essential oil. It's too heavy a molecule. It's not in the hydrosol. Where is it? It's mm. got to be in this mass. So when I did a distillation, we took the, the aftermass and I pounded, pounded it down and ground it down into a fine powder. And I took my money and I sent it to a lab because it, it you don't get GC reports for it. 
It's a standard machine they use. It's called a standard and they test it and they test it for what it's called AKBA. That's what made, there's a, like 10 different chemicals that make up the AKBA, which is the B boswellic acid extract. Okay. I had it tested for uh, Katari, for the Katari that I was doing. Okay. And we found that it came to about 34% VA, which is wow. very, which is very high. I want, after doing much research on it and going into PubMed and seeing what, if you type in boswellic acid, you'll, there's hundreds of tests being done on it, yeah. especially for cancer. Correct. Unfortunately, they have good results, but there's no long-term studies. We don't know if the cancer will come back, but yeah. it is shrinking tumors. And it is shrinking uh, for skin cancer. It is shrinking melatonins. So it's very interesting. So I said, okay, I can't make enough of it because I have a small still. Mm -hmm. So I went to a company in Somalia who was willing to make the boswellic acid for me. And I also went to a company in the United States and gave them my, my research okay they are using the bark because katari comes in grades most of the resin comes in grades yes it comes in first grade which is without the bark it comes in and it's bigger pieces it comes in second grade without the bark with tiny little gravel pieces and it comes in third grade with the bark I tested first grade. They work with second grade. They were actually throwing it out and they were getting somebody to pick it up, to take it out because they didn't know what to do with it. Most companies don't know what to do with it. Mm. I decided it had very good results after mm. all the research I did on it. This company was producing it for me and I sent out testers to aromatherapists and non-aromatherapists to test it and see what it does on okay. your skin. Because if Katari is great for skin, then the aftermath should even be better. <laughs> and the results were outstanding, what we got. And I was selling it. Unfortunately, we came into COVID. The company uh, owner died of COVID oh, oh. and the whole company fell apart. That's a and now we weren't doing Qatari anymore. I found another company that I'm working with now who is doing Sacra. Okay. So we, I did the same thing. We had it tested. It came in between 33 and 34%. It varies depending okay. on the time of the year they distill. Yeah. Because yeah. it could go anywhere from 30, 28 to 35. So they were willing, and it's a process because they have to dry this hard block of brick, yeah. break it up, then grind it down into a fine powder. So it's a major process. Yeah. And it has to be tested to see how much is in it. And the testing is not cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Not like an essential oil. Wow. And, and the Things that they tested for are totally different. They're not testing it for that type of chemical. Yeah, exactly. And I had testers go out also. I had 15 people tested for me for different uses, for different types of pain. They put mm -hmm. it in a carrier oil. They put it in a lotion. I sent them either the lotion or the carrier oil or the powder, depending on how they wanted to use it. The results were outstanding. My husband is using it in a capsule. He's taking, it's very easy now to put it in a capsule because it's a powder. Yeah. And uh, he has five herniated discs and, oh. it's, and he can now walk because he's using it in a capsule. He's swallowing it. 
Wow. The only thing you have to be very careful with resin, any type of resin, is it can lead to diarrhea. So okay. you got to be very careful with how you use it. You have to listen to your body and you can't go crazy the first time you start very slow. I tell yes. people when you put it in a capsule once a day with a full glass of water to get it to, to go down. Mm -hmm. Don't try putting in 20 a day because you'll live in the bathroom all day. <laughs> and, <night. laughs> and I mean, back to this, like, this is medicine, it's aromatic medicine. It's right. like, you start, oh, you start, you start with the least amount possible. Right? It's a little bit. Yeah. And then I don't recommend taking it more than internally, more than twice a day. Yep. The, uh, I have somebody that's using it. His father, his, he's giving it to his father. And his father has uh, prostate cancer. Okay. And he's finding, no, it's not shrinking the tumor, but it's lowering his PSA tests. Every one of them are going down. So it's doing something. So you never know what what it could do. So yeah, It's com very complex. Um this is just so fascinating. I just love how you're such an expert um, in and this culmination I, of- This one with the BA, I sell it wholesale. I sell it retail. It's on my website. Okay. I use it for myself. It's in almost every one of my blends because after testing it and using guinea pigs, it, <laughs> it, it's amazing what, what it could do. We are now working on Qatari again. I have a company that I'm working with in the Netherlands. Okay. And he distills the most gorgeous eucalyptus you could possibly have. I'm not a eucalyptus fan. Mm. I don't like the smell of it. But he said to me, you're going to love mine because <laughs> the, the eucalyptus trees grow in Portugal. Portugal's water is very pure. Okay. So he said, I'm going to send you a sample. Okay. Sends me a sample. I smell this. Oh my God. It smells nothing like eucalyptus. It smells incredible. So yeah. he said, you sell it for me? I said, well, I'll put it on my website. I'm more frankincense than eucalyptus. But he is now going to be distilling Qatari. Okay. Fell in love with Qatari. He was doing it for another company. He's also a lab. He does GC reports for okay. other companies, and uh, and he distills this eucalyptus and he distills vanilla. So he is now doing this. He sent me samples, and what we found out is if you put a solvent, an organic. Uh, alcohol solvent to the BA, mm. you can pull out between 65 and 70% boswellic acid. Okay. Very large amount. And all the alcohol dissipates once it creates this powder. Because I said to him, it's no good if there's alcohol in it. What, what do you do with people allergic to alcohol? And Qatari, they're putting on their skin. You really don't want to put alcohol on your skin on a daily basis. No, you and don't. He said, it's a trace. You don't even know it's there. And yeah. he has been testing it because he has the means to test it. Mm -hmm. He sent it to me, the 70%. I put it into a carrier oil because I didn't have much. So I put it into a carrier oil and a lotion, sent it out to testers. The results are astounding. I have all the testimonials. We will producing will be producing the essential oil and the powder in about two to three months because everything wow. has to be tested. So I will have both. Okay. The Qatari does shrink in the testing that it was done on. One of the people has a mole in the back of her head. Mm -hmm. It completely dissolved it. Wow. As mark, she has a mark right here. It's almost, and I have pictures. It's almost yeah. completely dissolved. I have one person who has a burn on their hand. She put it on, on her arm. 
she put it on that and within two weeks it completely annihilated it you can't even see it and this is that gorgeous boswellic acid right the this is this the is, boswellic acid yeah that's so amazing it's amazing what i this think thing, what we're all headed to your website rash. somebody had a rash on their on their uh on their chest she used it on that rash gone this is so, just beautiful it's so amazing. yeah it is um the the time really has flown by and i'm just excited to get uh for more people to learn about you and your wisdom and the the knowledge you have and to go to your website and buy some of these gorgeous uh offerings you have and i want to wind down the conversation with something totally different but related uh to frankincense but okay. you shared with me when we first connected about having a conversation that you had done extensive research involving um, being with clergy and uh, religious experts on making an anointing oil yes. and that was ready to come out did, did you launch that yes it was gone in 10 minutes <laughs> would you i i'm I had 20 bottles of it and <laughs> within an hour they were all sold Congratulations. But would Thank you mind you. as we wind down as a way to to share more with the guests? Like, could you share your story about the anointing yeah. oil and what how this came to be for you? I've been studying Kabbalah mm. with uh with a rabbi about 20 years ago. Okay. And I was very interested, always been interested in the mystical side of plants and especially frankincense and frankincense is i actually do a course at the end of the year and you get a three mil bottle of this anointing oil on the ancient usages of uh plants and frankincense all the way up to the present of now the usages of essential oil so the i researched how it was used back then. And I wanted to create an anointing oil because during Solomon's time, during his temple, he had an, God had given him an anointing oil that had to be used in the temple. And it consisted of 13 different oils. Now they didn't have essential oils back then. It was made mostly with, it was primitive and it was made with olive oil because they had lots of olive trees yeah. back then. So they basically heated the uh, seeds and the plant of the olive oil and created the carrier oil. And they took the plant matter and mixed it all up into this carrier oil and create, God told them exactly what to do. So told Solomon what to do. And we are not allowed to know what the 13th oil is, what the 13th plant material is, because it's ordained. And we would be outcasted and God would look the other way and you wouldn't wind up going to heaven. You would wind up going the other way. So even if you thought what it was, you can't say Same. what it is. So I said, well, I know what the 12 are. Can I produce all 12 of them? I need to go to sources before I figure out whether I can actually go and make 12 of them. Mm -hmm. Well, I sat down with a local rabbi and we went through for days and months figuring out which plants I could use. Mm -hmm. He did some research. He gave me, he gave me books to read and he told me what I could use. Then I said, you know what? I'm going to go to the priest and see what he thinks. Because yeah. I want both sides of what, because back in the church days, uh, resins were considered only to be used by the holy, holy. Mm. Uh, by the priests, by the monks, you were not allowed 
to use any type of resin because it was considered witchery. Ah. So it only progressed later on when they realized that it can be used. And that was more or less in the 1900s where they realized that it can be used medicinally. It's not witchery anymore. Okay. But back then it was, and only the priests and the monks could use it. So I figured maybe I should go back there so that I don't insult anybody <laughs> of the oils that I use, you know, the plant material that I'm going to use, because I got to go to both religions and figure it all out. Yeah. And so he, you know, after I came up with a list, he came up and said, no, you should not be using that one. No, you should not be using that one. And he explained, he said, because you don't want to insult anybody. Hmm. Okay. So I came up with eight. Interesting. So the eight, everybody agreed on. The rabbi mm -hmm. agreed on it. The priest agreed on it because I didn't want to hurt anybody. I did add additional resins that had nothing to do with it, just to give it a little bit more spice. Okay. Th that were not used way back when yeah. in that area. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to make two bottles, two containers of it and see what happens. Mm -hmm. I also got, that was the first year and it came out beautiful. And I've been improvising and fixing and doing. The second year, I was given natural cedar Ooh. from Israel. Wow. A cousin of mine said, I can get you the cedar. All you have to do is pay the shipping. Mm -hmm. It's the cedar in the area where Noah's Ark was built. Well, if I can wow. just have to pay for the shipping, hey, I still have enough for at least... 10 more uh, anointing oils. Wow. And it doesn't go in right away because it's wood. And I don't want it to rot in there for a whole year because it sits in there for an entire year. So oh, wow. that goes in about two months prior. The same thing with cinnamon. Cinnamon mm -hmm. and cassia both were used. Cinnamon was used and cassia was used. So I don't put those in right away either because I don't want it to overpower yep. the rest of it. That makes so sense. That goes in. The same thing with, I put hibiscus in there oh. because I don't have, I can't find Rosa Sharon and hibiscus is the, as, as closest to Rosa Sharon as you could get. So, yeah. but it's a dried plant. It's the leaves of the hibiscus uh, tree and you can't put that in a year early because it'll mold. So I put that in about three weeks prior to opening it. So it's a process. That's a, a, a labor of love. Process. Wow. It's yeah. a labor of love. Yeah. And this time I made three instead of two because it goes so fast. I sent it to Australia. I sent it to New Zealand. People are buying little bottles. It's costing them more in shipping to send it <laughs> than the bottle. Yeah. But it comes out gorgeous. And every year it seems to come out better. Well, it's it'll keep changing too, right? This is so I dare not ask why what are the disapproved botanicals, because maybe they can't be spoken, but I was like, oh my goodness, what are these? They can't be spoken. <laughs> yeah, wow. And the 13th. I have a feeling I know what it is, but I can't say it because I don't, yeah. I, I want to go to heaven. <laughs> yeah, no, don't say it. I just, thanks for sharing this. Like, um, I just love it when we get to meet other people and speak more in depth because you just don't know. Like we have so many different projects that we work on and different interests and they can overlap. So your, your um, volunteerism back, you know, you mentioned earlier in your life who knew that it would lead to where you are now right oh <laughs> and the, the expertise and I, have a, I give a hospice course on those who want to get into hospice but mm. don't know how so I actually give a course on that that's wonderful Robin what a resource I am 
delighted. I got to just learn so much from you in this time. I'm sure our listeners are just super grateful. And um, I want to take this opportunity to wrap up and again, go in the show notes. Uh, I already shared in the intro about where to find Robin, but Robin, as we say goodbye, is there anything you want to share about upcoming classes or anything like you really want uh, the The world to know right now? What I'd like to share is if you're going to buy resid, make sure it has the Boswellan name on it. Do mm-hmm. not buy anything that just says frankincense, because if the merchant that is selling it to you doesn't know what species it is, don't buy it. It's not worth it. Unfortunately, it's become very commercialized. So they will put rocks in there. They will put plastic pieces in there. You won't know unless you burn it. You come home and you burn it and it smells weird. Or you won't even know if you put it in carrier oil because it'll dissolve and you really don't want plastic on your skin. So you want to make sure wherever you buy it, That person, even if it's loose, even if you go to the country, a lot of the people will have it in big bins and they scoop it out and put it into a bag. You want to know what species it is. If it goes, I don't know, don't buy it. It's not worth it. Yeah, it's really good words of wisdom and similar for uh, buying essential oils. If you're buying a plant for your garden, like you want to know. Right. Exactly. And it's it's your it's our responsibility to ask the questions, too. And so. I don't believe in buying essential oil that just says frankincense. Yeah, same no. thing. It better have on it which frankincense it is. And yeah. I don't like when you mix, when you blend different frankincenses together because they do. Each one does a different purpose. So they're basically fighting with each other. So you don't even know what to use it for. Because if it has neglector in it and it has Katari in it, mm-hmm. Katari skin neglector is stress. So what are you using it for? Get yeah. it single. Get it Katari essential oil. Get it neglected essential oil. Do it that way. Don't buy, because also you don't know how much how much percentage of each essential oil they put in it. So one could yeah. have a half a percent, one could have 50%. You don't know. You're not sitting in front of them when they're putting this bottle together. Yeah, to your point, it's like single origin, genuine, authentic, single. You could always blend uh, later because maybe you're making right. a perfume. Yeah. Right, you can always but, yeah. put it together later, but when exactly. you buy it, it should be individual. Exactly. I I totally support your statement there. (laughs) Totally. Uh, Wow. So Robin, thank you for spending time with me and sharing. And thanks for all the research you've done over the years and your generosity and sharing. So everyone, please go to Robin's, uh, definitely go to her website and look her up, uh, robinsresinsplus.com and all sorts of stuff out there and find her on Facebook. So Robin, thanks for spending time with me today. You're very welcome. All right, everyone, as I always say at the end of an episode, uh, thanks for spending time with us and ciao for now.